Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 218. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Ahoy uh, hoy. And joining us all the way from beautiful Melbourne in Victoria, in Australia, is Mara Blackledge. Hello there, fellow Shelby Billions. <laughs> Hello, ahoy hoy. <laughs> Couldn't resist. And thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. And of course, this is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each mm. episode must come from a different decade. And yeah, Mara, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Yeah. And Mara, for those that don't know, is actually going to be joining us on mm. our season one of Working Class Wizards. Uh, she's yes. one of the stars of it, a morning star, if you will. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Elliot, is... how long did it take you to write that joke? I've been, oh man, I came up with it today and I've been itching. Yeah. <laughs> itching since breakfast to get that I one was out. wondering why you looked so itchy when we came on. <laughs> now I know. But mm. no, uh, Mara's playing a mace in, so now that joke's, uh, you know, the best jokes are explained. Um, yeah. <laughs> you should have made them wait the three more months it's going to take me to edit it to finally release that episode and get to that, you know, I think she's in what, number yeah. three or four? Yeah. Yeah, come One on. One of those two and numbers. And then they'll be like, oh, of course, Morningstar. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Now, that's a delay in gratification. I'm mm. not sure the people are ready for, BT. Uh, we'll just make them. The <laughs> we play the Tough long game here. Look, you can ask for permission or you can seek forgiveness or you can do neither and be a renegade pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Mara as well. Um, yeah, we had an absolute blast recording with you for Working yep. Class Lizard. Wi- working Class Lizards. <laughs> Jesus <Fair> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'd know the name of our own series by now. BT, can you start writing scripts for something called Working Class Lizards? Because I'd love to be part of that. <laughs> uh, how's your lizard? Can you can you hiss and make like a licky tongue sound? Oh, yes. I've got a lizard voice already in my back pocket. There we go. It's, it's, it writes itself. Done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in the course of the recordings and discussions, yeah, we found out you're a bit of a Simpsons fan. So many references. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't. I don't think you even were aware that we had a Simpsons podcast, no. and you're just dropping them left, right, and center during the record. <laughs> like, wait a this second. is who I am in daily life. <laughs> yeah. Speaking a language we know, <laughs> Simpsonics. <laughs> but we want to know. We ask our first-time guests, where did the show begin with you? Uh, what is your Simpsons history? Perhaps it's the same as a bunch of other people. But it was part of my family dinner routine. We would sit down, we would have dinner, we'd put the TV on and not talk to each other, but we would watch Simpsons reruns every single night. It Mm. was tradition. It was probably my most fun tradition, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, that's interesting. So it was was almost the opposite for me in the sense it wasn't, I wasn't a house where the Simpsons was contraband. But, you know, we'd have to bring the TV in specifically. We had to fight for it over over years and decades. We did eventually wear my mum down and to the point where <laughs> the TV just stayed there and it was implied to be on if the Simpsons if we were eating around Simpsons time. Wow. But, uh, no, this was this was a debate. We had to get there. And what what on earth else is on at six PM that your mum wanted to watch? 
I don't know, news maybe or nothing. <laughs> she wanted to have stimulating conversation. Direct quote from my mother. We're not um, going to have the TV. We're going to sit and have stimulating conversation. How was your day? I went, <laughs> I went to school. It was fine. And have you gone to your mum yet and said, look at me now, mum. Uh, look at what I'm doing with my life. With all of these Simpsons of things, references. Yes. I've explained <laughs> the empire I've, I've built with Elliot. Uh <laughs> And there's eggs somewhere in the vicinity of her face. <laughs> I think, yeah, Channel 10 were onto something there where, yeah, for those that don't know in Australia, yeah, the top three networks at six o'clock would normally air the news. But yeah, Channel 10 stood aside mm. and did, instead of an hour of news, did an episode of Simpsons and Neighbours. And that's why I was addicted to Neighbours for like four years. And why Neighbours ran for so long, probably. Mm. I can't How many act- years? I, it only just got cancelled this year. It's fucking insane. I know. It's I been know, going since I know. before I was born, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Being in Melbourne, have you visited the actual Ramsey Street yet? Uh, I've driven past the main road that it's like kind of off and then you turn left and then you turn right and it's down there somewhere. Yes, I know the general vicinity, hmm. but yeah. I used to date this guy who did the neighbours tours so he was the tour guide on the bus wow. <laughs> that took that took people down Ramsey Street and he'd never actually seen neighbours, if you can believe it. So I he had it. to That's a good he had hustle. to go to the neighbours he had to go to the neighbours Wikipedia page mm-hmm. for all the fun facts, all the fan favourites. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, that that is a good hustle, I gotta say. Absolutely. But, you know, on the opposite end of the Simpsons spectrum, are you still watching the show? Did you quit at a certain point? Where are you at with it? Yeah, I'm in that fan group of I watch up to season nine and then I stop. So this is going to be really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard mixed reviews about Mm. a bunch of different decades. So like I said earlier, I'm going into this way blind. I I don't even know what these episodes are about. I'm going in with an open mind as well as a blind mind. (laughs) Often after watching them, we do not know what these episodes are about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're happy to usher you into this brave new HD era. And I've got to say, I think this one was a bit lighter. We could have gone harder on you for your first time, but this was was an easy transition just based on what we've reviewed in the past. Yes, we just watched Season 31, Episode 5, Gorillas on the Mast. First released in November of 2019, was directed by Matthew Nastark, written by Max Kahn. In this episode, Homer buys a boat and then Marge is okay with it, but then uh, he has to share it with a bunch of other people to make ends meet. And in the other story, doesn't feel like an A and B story in this one. Anyway, uh, in the other story, Bart gets into altruism and lets a gorilla go who starts tearing up the town. Hey all, what did we think? God, this was boring. I know! (laughs) (laughs) Not to give the game away early, it was fine, but I got through the, you know, 23rd laugh free minute and um, it ended. Oh my God, that is literally my last note. Well, that was 22 laugh free minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, nothing's terrible here, it's just all bleh. I kept checking how much time had passed. I was like, oh, it's only been eight minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, at the end there, I was like, wait a minute. Is this the season 31 equivalent of the Stampy episode? (laughs) Is this what happened here? (laughs) This kind of shares its DNA with a few different episodes, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Yeah. A very mishmash. But I got to say... 
the best thing I can say about this episode is it was coherent. I feel oh, like yeah. it had stories from both sides, the A and mm-hmm. the B, whatever you want to call them, the one and the two story. They made yeah, sense. Yeah, they had arcs. It made Yeah, it made sense. It had a lot of offshoots that didn't make sense, but overall, Indeed. I'm not dinging it for story points. It was, mm-hmm. as y'all said, boring. <laughs> wow, the bar is low. If the story's coherent, <laughs> that's an upside. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> this... Oh, no. <laughs> All right, let's hook into this episode. Mara, we'll start with you. For better or worse, is there a moment that stands out to you from this episode? Yes, for worse, I am not a fan of the body horror humour. That showed up quite a few times this episode. I was like, oh my god, is this meant to be a joke? I feel disturbed. When the guy lost his arm, when Homer was sushi. Homer was sushi. In his own daydream, eating himself. Yeah, that was part of what I was saying. Yeah, there's certain offshoots on this episode that make absolutely no sense. Yeah, how <laughs> Homer got to that fantasy, like, I barely remember what fucking led on to it from it. It was All so right. bad. The, mm-hmm. the guy, the whale thing said, oh, the killer whale is an apex predator. That means oh. nothing eats it. And so Homer imagines himself swimming through the ocean, biting a bunch of things, getting caught in a net and turned into sushi to then be eaten by oh, Homer. that's right. Obviously, Elliot. <laughs> but no, you're right. I, I was uncomfortable with that body horror as well. And especially because I don't think you've seen it, Mara, but there was a Treehouse of Horror fairly recently where mm. the story is Homer just gets into eating himself. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah it's it's icky. But yeah. it's also borrows from another Treehouse of Horror where Lisa lets the dolphin out. And it's oh, the yeah. same oh, plot. Yes. <laughs> It's, You're like, right. it's the same thing. She's like, oh, look, it's suffering. I'll let it out. There you go, little friend. It's like the same thing, but with a killer whale. And that's fine. It's been on for 900 years, but um, <laughs> they're going to repeat some things as long as they do something different with it. Yeah. Uh, Got to put it, a new skin mm. on it. Uh, yeah. Now you're getting into the body horror of skinning things and adding new skins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Um, I'm not sure which part I'm going to throw to. So I'm going to do two because who's going to stop me? You? No. Mm-mm. One is this extended bit where the boat salesman and his wife just have a chat in bed about ripping people off. Yeah. And it's like a proper scene. It's not a cutaway. It's like a long, it's at least, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe a full minute of just yes. back and forth between these two nothing characters. This is an episode that like only has a couch gag. There's no introduction sequence. They're like, we can't cut anything. It, it's all essential. It all has to go in. The intro was so choppy as well like that. It was, yeah, yeah, it was hard it, cut to couch gag and then hard cut to episode without even like the TV. Yeah, with that's exactly what really threw me as well. There wasn't like a da-da-da-da, you know, as there usually yeah. is. It was just hard cut. It felt like they were going for a Family Guy vibe thing, where really? I don't know what seasons of Family Guy do this, but progressively mm. over I, the seasons, there's just more and more cutaways to other characters, yeah, NPCs, but, if you will. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a fan. Sure. Uh, they, <laughs> but they kind of stopped arping Family Guy style in the teens era. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, that um, was one of my notes, literally. The, this is a Family Guy level of cutaway gags. There were so many, like, yeah, if extended fantasies. And, like, I think yeah. even the scene you're describing as well is a little bit of that. And it's like, yeah, we get the joke. They're sleazy salesmen and that turns each other on. Why are we fucking <laughs> hanging on yeah, this for, but, like, a full minute? I know. It could be, like, 10 seconds. And even then it would be a bit weird. And the other thing I want to mention, just to kind of point out, 
how meandering a lot of this feels. Bart's, you know, making a plan to break a gorilla out of the zoo and is talking to Milhouse. He's like, okay, now from now on, I'm just going to talk about the plan in pig Latin. And then Milhouse doesn't understand. And it's like... And that's the okay. joke. And that's the bit. That's the whole bit. And it's like, someone was just writing and it's like they forgot where their delete key was. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that with the fire ants bit. He's yeah. like, where's the spray? And I'm yeah. like, oh, that was the joke. Okay. Yeah, of yeah. course, instantly over at Flanders Place because I've discovered the thing, so now, yeah, we must cut away to something with it. Absolutely. Um, I did have another, I, I draw little clouds whenever there's like a fantasy or a cutaway. What was Disappear Row $100? Does anyone know that? No. Yeah, I do. Um, so Homer's having uh, the daydream about the salesman who's all like, to help you with expenses, why not get some of your family and friends involved? And they can share the cost. And then the the dream bubble stays. And he's like, oh, you're supposed to go away now. And he's like, not until you give me $100. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Simpsons acknowledging that as well. It, yeah, it feels so, I was going to say cartoony. I mean, duh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not Simpsons brand of cartoony. It's yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. That, this whole episode to me felt just not Simpsons. Mm. It was like Simpsons, but from the darkest timeline. For those of us familiar with Community, <laughs> and we are. Yep. And we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it feels like an episode of The Simpsons that wasn't made. It was watched by someone who then told it back to you while drunk, and that's yes. why it's so rambly and just goes on for far too long. And is has a extended sequence of a salesman and his wife. Post coitus. <laughs> or or pre coitus. I mean, the way that they were talking. <laughs> all of the above. All of the coitus. All of the coitus. But I didn't actually think about it until you two mentioned how it's like a mishmash of other episodes. But from the guest star of this episode as well, reminded me of Simpson Safari because, yeah, this was actually Jane Goodall in this episode. What? Yeah. Why? I mean, I guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, that back and forth with her and Lisa was so long and rambling and uh, so boring. I mean, I don't remember it. To be fair, it had the only joke I all I actually got a half chuckle from, which was changing the the gorilla's name from Lolo to Popo. Even though it's a bad joke, and I don't know why I chuckled at it, I just went, hm. "It's the <laughs> yeah. closest I got to laughter." On that, yeah, the one time I popped, but I hated myself for it, was when, yeah, Bart and Lisa are breaking into the aquarium and they bring along groundskeeper Willie so they can make the joke, thank you for helping us free this whale, Willie. It's like, oh. I totally missed that. My chuckle at that part was where he's like, time for camouflage, puts his kilt on, but that's not the part I laughed about. Stay with me. He reverses his kilt so it's black, but his Mm. socks are still red. Therefore, not in camouflage. He's camouflaged the groinal region. This is what is most important. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, everyone sees like a pair of socks just walking around normally, like without yeah. a body or anything. Yeah. 100%. I, I no do. questions asked. Mm-hmm. Not weird at all. Normal. Yeah. Normal, normal. I don't know, even know why you're bringing it up. Yeah, somehow we got uh, here from there, but yeah, because this ending as well reminded me of Simpson Safari, where they have a mm. parody of Jane Goodall, who is diamond hungry and exploiting uh, monkey yes! workers. It is just interesting to me that they yeah. got Jane Goodall on side with that really weirdly targeted parody in the season 12 or whenever it was. I mean, I think she just saw it and was like, oh, that's not me. You guys don't, look, I will come down there and I will be in an episode. (laughs) It might take 14 years, (laughs) but I'll do it. At least. 
Uh, so, was this a particularly wacky episode? You know, Mara, first time on the show, we like to talk about the balance because classic Simpsons hit a great balance between wackiness and heart. So, yes. we like to ask, how was the wackiness of this episode? Oh, man. Okay, so we touched on the body horror, which is mm-hmm. super wacky for me. <laughs> Something else that might be wacky on a personal level is the fact that Duffman has a different sound now. That mm. is wacky to me. <laughs> Actually, that's another thing we like to ask. You know, because Marge sounds a lot different. Uh, she sounds did you so notice? different. Yeah. I did. Yeah. My first note, literally, Marge's voice is different, four question marks. Yeah. <laughs> the same person, she's just tired. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, my goodness, when they're on the boat, and then he's like, I bought a boat. And then she drinks all of her wine and then she smiles at him. Oh. And then he's like, you seem like a different person or something. And she's like, I have to admit, you wear me down. You've worn me down. So bleak. <gasps> so bleak. <laughs> no, Elliot, it's comedy. <gasps> Especially with this new version of Marge's voice, which, yeah, does sound tired and sad at points. Just mm-hmm. hearing, yeah, you mm-hmm. wore me down. You can hear the mental health plan in her voice. (laughs) (laughs) She does have a fairish point later, which is like you bought something that the entire family can enjoy. We never see the family on the boat again. Yeah. I just wish they'd leaned more into that aspect rather than I'm a broken person and I whatever. Just Mm. let things happen and tell me when it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But just thinking about it. Yeah. The boat story could have got a lot wackier. There's like I said, it's a competent ish arc, but it's just a boring Mm. one. Homer gets a yeah. bunch of people to like timeshare and they sink the boat because there's too many of them. It's yeah, it's not much to it. I don't know about you guys, but it felt very much like a child's cartoon. Like it didn't mm. have the family cartoon element that the OG Simpsons had. Yep. Where you did have those like intelligent comments and like how Homer would make really dumb jokes, but they'd be super smart at the same time. Mm. That charm was missing yeah back when it was a, a dumb character being written by smart people exactly and now it's just a character being written by anybody yeah exactly no and no, i agree and it, it all feels very surface level because of that like even the ape ripping up town was fairly insubstantial like mm. we only really see it sort of mess up the zoo a little and then mm-hmm. kind of the school and gets pacified yeah. with seinfeld <laughs> Which also uh, just happened to be on the TV in Principal Skinner's office. I, it was one of the words this? it knew. And why That's... did it go to the school? I mean, Bart should have been happier about this. This has been yeah. one of his dreams for all time. And we didn't get any way in from Bart. No, absolutely. That's a great point. And I think leads into what is one of the fundamental problems with this part of the story is, yeah, Bart and Lisa's interactions, like... They're not driving the story enough, I don't think. And no. yeah, you make a great point, Mara. Like, why wasn't Bart like, yeah, going, oh, Gorilla's on a trail of destruction. Lead it to the school. That yes. at least would have some more connective tissue. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like every writer was in charge of a character, but they all had to write in separate rooms and not talk <laughs> to each other. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can't disprove it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but how about the heart? You know, Bart's taking up Lisa causes. Homer got something nice for the family. How was the heart landed in this one? It could have been. They didn't want that. <laughs> so we didn't do that. That's, I mean, that's fine if we had something else to do, but we don't. It's. Uh, mm. I have nothing to say on it. Well, I mean, it's part of what I hate about 
but teaming up with Millhouse instead of Lisa. Like, mm. why did they set it up as like, yeah, Bart doing a Lisa thing if he wasn't going to keep bringing her into the story? Like, and mm. just to make way for a few pretty mediocre Millhouse jokes. Oh, gorilla fur, the one thing I'm not allergic to. Yeah. Mm. Crickets, people. Crickets. Very, very crickets. <laughs> <laughs> allergic to crickets. <laughs> but do we feel anything from these stories? Do we feel the babumps? How? No. Like, where was no, the my, heart? my cold heart is still and unmoved. What was I supposed <laughs> to feel? Mm. And there's no point where I feel like they're even driving at a heart point. And again, I don't want to harp too much of negative to that because we've had episodes before that have been good that don't have a heart element. But there's been some element. There's been something to them. There's been an episode where we've focused entirely on the jokes or the wackiness or something. But... There's yeah. just nothing to grab onto in this one. Yeah. I think the closest for me it got to heart was seeing Lenny and Carl with their respective partners, how they're definitely each other but a different gender. <laughs> yeah. That uh, was cute. And one of the other guest stars of this episode, Dawn Lewis was playing Carlotta Carlson, and Dawn Lewis was uh, La Barbara in Futurama. I was thinking that name was familiar. <laughs> She's sort of yeah. become a Simpsons uh, semi-regular at this stage. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. And yeah, Futurama's been renewed now, so she'll probably be back there as well. Yeah. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? How's the integrity? Are these the characters you know and love, Mara? I would say, like, the top two layers of a person. The top two superficial layers of a person. That's as much as I got from any of the characters. Yeah. Maybe yeah, even they're, fewer. They're not not being themselves, but it's just there's so again, there's so little to attach to anything here. Yeah, well, I totally believe Bart's sort of turn into liking altruistic, you know, large scale pranks of this nature. Like that I understand. I don't think that's a break. Ah, uh, that was the joke. I was very confused by that whole bit. I was like, why is Bart using the word altruism in the wrong way? He thinks altruism means pranks. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. Like, see, that's the thing. Like, he enjoys this sort of thing when, yeah, he can still frame it in a form of destruction. Mm -hmm. And that I get and that I can say, yeah, but that's even, totally within Bart's realm. But even then, when he lets the gorilla out, he's like, oh, no, it's like. Shouldn't you be happy? Isn't this a good thing for you? Yeah. Internal consistency within the episode. Yeah. Was me was liking then. Yeah, and then he like leaves his own story, and like Lisa takes over, and then yeah, it's at the end where Bart was like, "Oh, thanks for getting me out of that, Lisa." It's like, yeah, wait, why weren't you two working with each other? So that's what <laughs> doesn't feel Simpsonsy. You know, we love the whole Bart and Lisa caper. They're a, they're a great little duo like mm -hmm. that, and they balance each other out. Yeah, and that they break them up made no sense for this episode. Yeah, that was pretty easy for the integrity question, but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Uh, there's nothing there for me. So is someone paying me $10? I'll do it for $10. <laughs> Our new tier on Patreon, pay $10, you can make us watch any episode again. Uh, don't tempt me, I'll take that tier. Give, give <laughs> what about you, Mara? Would you watch this one again? I'm going to say nah, not even for $10. Wow. <laughs> it is more, worth more than $10 to sit through it again. Yeah. Wow. D did you know that money can buy many peanuts? <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> well, I'll get to you later. <laughs> Let's explore what we'd like to change. How are we going to fix this up? BT, how would you fix up Gorillas on the Mast? Uh, have something happen. Like, that's really... <laughs> 
that's really the core of it. It's, you know, again, you've got an interesting idea. Homer has a boat. Okay, fine. We've not done this before. Even him having to timeshare with people is kind of interesting, but... Yes. And they all just get on at the same time and it sinks. And that's the end of it. You're like, oh... And then same with Bart. It's like, okay, he's let a gorilla loose. He thinks he can get... He's doing altruistic pranks makes him a good person, but ultimately he's still just pulling pranks. So then there's a good... should be a conflict between him and Lisa because she's trying to do good in the world and he's just trying to goof off and have fun. There's there's something to be mined from that. And the fact that we don't go anywhere is really the most obvious problem. Yeah. Uh, so that, pretty much. And make with a laugh laugh and less of these weird jokes that just happen... And I don't know what I'm supposed to think or if I'm supposed to laugh, mm. which uh, feels like feels like a question I should not be asking in a comedy. In a comedy <laughs> show. How about you, Mara? What would you like to change about this one? Mm, good question. I like BT's suggestion of actually making character-related stuff happen. I think all mm. good stories are character-driven as opposed to plot-driven. Yeah. But it's a it's a tough thing too because it needs to be connected to the character, but also with that wacky simpsons element where it's completely out of character also i would say fewer cutaway gags so then you can actually insert more heart into the main stories yeah definitely it's not something that the simpsons traditionally did but like bringing the plots together i think was kind of a gimme like the gorilla gets on the boat and they you know yeah they're helping keep the gorilla from getting caught or whatever there was a nice way to bring the two stories together like that that I feel like they yeah. didn't. And that would have ramped up some tension as well. You know, there is a fucking angry gorilla on this boat and yeah, <laughs> have it tied in with Homer. Yeah, having the share and like lots of people yeah. on the boat at the same time. And You can even tie that with something that Lisa says. She says, yeah, you released a whale into the ocean and it has an <sighs> entire ocean, but you released a gorilla into the city and of course it's going to run amok. So Bart's like... I'll release the gorilla into the ocean. Exactly. Is, is it good? No, but it's better. <laughs> because, and yeah, there's room for it because like we said, there's so many of these drawn out jokes that aren't even jokes, like the whole Homer uh, hugging grandpa thing and his will and the fantasy flashback sequence where they're fishing and Homer gets drunk on scotch. Like these are all, uh, uh, Wiggum drowning as well. Oh my God, that went forever. And and yes. the flashback with Homer and Abe was just to show that they could never afford a boat. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't even have to say, you don't have to show that. You just say, we could never afford a boat when I was growing up. I, we yeah, couldn't even no afford shit. worms. And there's an IOU on the hook that he pulls up just so, see? See how poor yeah. we are? Oh, my God. It's almost like that whole rule of show, don't tell. But in this case, mm. actually tell, because it would take less time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I think we are here. BT, I think it's time for the final note song. Now it's time and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. There we notes. go. <laughs> final. Mara, do you have any final notes, uh, bits from this episode you want to mention before we get into the rankings? Oh, I think that it's weird that the Simpsons world ages around them. They have yeah. cell phones, like iPhones, smartphones, whatever. It, it's strange. Final note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even yeah, doing this podcast and being active and watching New Simpsons, I am still... I'm even fucking weirded out when they have flip phone mobile phones, let alone <laughs> yeah. like actual fucking iPhones. It's yeah, it's still off-putting. Feels weird. Feels weird. BT. Um, let's see. When we first go to Aquatraz, the uh, water park, it's called. It's, it has a oh, sign I that says that. Sub, 
Yeah, has a sign that says, subject to five award-winning documentaries, which is the most subtle joke you will find in this, a reference to Blackfish, wasn't it? Blackfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I do kind of like Marge, where she just goes, uh, get ready for fun, kids. Fun that begins with sunblock. It's a very mum thing to say, and I, kinda, yeah. I, I liked it. Bit anyway, of could have um, done without Maggie fucking then inhaling. Chugging it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you don't want to look like grandpa. Yeah, yeah, shut up. Uh, there was a like little penguin funeral parade, which was weird, but one of them had like a trumpet tied to its wing. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Men have good times in silence. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, uh, I shouldn't be pulling it up because it's a new episode, but Grandpa was like revealed to be a world champion whistler in a new storyline. Like, man, <sighs> you, you can't find consistency in this episode, let alone this series. I try not um, to get too bugged down by yeah. continuity and the Simpsons of all fucking <laughs> things, but like, Grandpa was a champion whistler. He likes that shit. We, we, they've broken a lot of more worse continuity than <laughs> I that. know. <laughs> I, I know you know. I don't even know why I bring <laughs> it up. Uh, buying a boat is a better investment than divorce and a bookstore. So, uh, owning a bookstore, uh, myself, I can tell you oh, it's pretty good. Get little bookstore. Are you being serious right now, BT? Have uh, you got this whole, like, Bernard Black thing going on that I don't uh, know about? Part, part owner, yes. <laughs> uh, That's incredible. Desire Books and Records and Manly, everyone. Come by. I'm not there. You are sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, a bit of wakiness I did like, which is, you know, Marge is like, oh, did you bring beer and sandwiches? And he, Homer points to Neski and he opens it and Mo gets out and then just picks up beers and sandwiches. I don't know. I wasn't expecting that. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Molman is 88 years old and dead. Uh, yes. So um, Molman ages. Because yeah. he's 30 in another episode. Yeah, in the Duffless episode. That's right. He's um, aging at the rage, rate of Jack, though. Yeah, he still looks yeah. good. He looks the same at 30 as he does at 88. If I pull that <laughs> off, I'll be very impressed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To bring that number in, like, he's already said he's, like, 31 years old in an episode. Like, mm. it's just an easy thing to get rid of that line. All this bit entirely. Like, yeah, mm. uh, this is how boring this episode was. I was like, you know what? Those clouds in the background animated at dusk look really nice. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, we do say with the HD era. Like, it objectively looks good. And, like, now that they can do, like, fades and colour stuff like that, I feel like they do take advantage. Like, it's not great, but it's something to cling on to. Yep, uh, Homer's line, if you agree, continue breathing normally. Which, again, they've kind of done that before, you know. If you agree, Mm. give me absolutely no sign. Mm -hmm. But, you know, fine. Uh, A little bit of a, hang on, I don't know what to call this anymore because my heart wants to scream it. And, yeah, I I know I'm (laughs) supposed to Can you scream it, though? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sure. Jordan Zadel, come on One of our regular panelists, Mara. Uh, his name is Jordan, and mm. particularly anally retentive. So we na- we named this little segment in we honor of our beautiful friend. Did rename it to Claire's? Did you ever notice this corner? But that's not fun to shout, and then yes. you don't have to explain <laughs> that to guests. Yes. Um, <laughs> somehow the gorilla breaking out is already on the news, even though it just happened. And yeah. It's like what? Also, when. Lisa's signing to the gorilla. We know the gorilla knows five words, and one of them is friend. And she's sign- trying to sign the word friend, but uh, she I accidentally said fiend. It doesn't Ugh. know the word fiend. I know. I was so annoyed by that, but I was also annoyed by what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, they made a point. It knows five words, and it does not know fiend. It's fine. Uh, mm. And my last note is a bit of wackiness. Marge is not that stupid to think that a gorilla is literally Homer. I know. I know. Like... My quick fix for that was that she didn't see him. She heard him. Yeah. And that would sell it to me. Marge is mm-hmm. not that dumb. And Homer's not that hairy. That's part no. of yeah. his character traits. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to have her notice and then just sip champagne and shrug and walk off, it'd still be sad and depressing, but mm -hmm. uh, at least it's consistent. Absolutely. Or have Lisa shave the ape, but that just would have been, I think, too weird for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that she got it dressed as Homer. I don't know if it's going to sit that's, still for a haircut. That's true. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, trying to dress a toddler, only it's, you know, seven feet tall. Yeah. yeah. And could kill you. Mm. <laughs> Our toddlers can kill you. <laughs> don't let mm -hmm. them find out uh, um, that's all my notes Elliot back to you in the studio um, there was the mermaid misdirect which sucked yeah. it was mm -hmm. just why is there a top of a mermaid then it was just so obviously going to be a misdirect that mm -hmm. I didn't even care by this time they'd even set it up no neither and again there's so much pointlessness in this episode the burn splashing the restaurant is like, did I miss something? Is this like, it just wasn't funny. Jokes about boats, Elliot. Jokes about boats. Oh, my only other note is foam Lenny. I don't, I don't have anything to say about this shit. It's just shit that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I, almost, I kind of like when he gets the foam sent back to him from someone in Japan. It doesn't make any sense. I think it was just so odd. I kind of got in a bit of amusement out of it. Sure. Yeah, again, to grind to a halt and be like, and the coffee maker's attached to a gyro thingy, so it won't shake around when we get hit by a wave. Here comes a wave. Oh, look, it's fine. It's, Ugh. again, like you were saying, Mara, show and tell, and tell and tell again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, it is time to rank this thing. Now, on the Simpsons Index, we rank using a six-point scale that starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh. You give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. This is a participant. It's the most participant that's ever participated. Like, I could have <laughs> failed it for being boring. But ultimately, I feel like the stories were still competent, if somewhat illogical, but still it, it told a story that mm. made sort of sense. BT. Yeah, much the same way. It's competently put together. I would not like to return to it. What kind of really, the thing that bothers me most is that they, you know, cut down even the introduction because there wasn't any part of this script they wanted to remove. And it's like, mm. if you tightened this, I wouldn't rag on it so hard. But ultimately, I just don't hate it enough to want to fail it. It's, I'm going to struggle to remember this exists. I am a participant from myself. And Mara, what do you reckon? I too give this episode a participation award. The fact that I actually understood what was going on most of the time, mm -hmm. big, big props to them uh, <laughs> at this point in the show. <laughs> I got a few laughs and everyone was almost who they normally are. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a complete train wreck, so it mm. can't get the train wreck award. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new ranking. On, we're making it a seven-point scale. It's getting a train wreck reward. <laughs> All right. Well, unanimous participant. And we haven't reviewed many episodes from season 31. Is it 31? Yeah. Season 31 mm -hmm. yet. Uh, but we still have... <laughs> this will be our third unanimous participant from that season. Joining nice. Go Big or Go Homer, that weird one with Michael Rappaport trying to be Homer's friend. Oh, Fuck, that was a weird one. Yeah, and also the winter of our monetized content, where Bart and Homer floss. <laughs> the rest of the For episode, real? they they do a viral video or some shit, but at some point they floss. Hi, fellow kids. 
<laughs> Hi, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, been watching Severance lately. He's so fucking good in it. Oh, wait, that's Christopher Walken. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> They're completely different people. They spell and pronounce their names differently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, so on to the next episode. We're going to the teens era now where we're going to watch an episode called But Has Two Mummies. We will be back. And we are back, and we just watched a Teens Era episode. This was Season 17, Episode 14, Bart Has Two Mummies. First released in March of Ought 6, it was directed by Michael Macante. Sorry, he's not a usual director on this. Macante. Macante. Oh, there's an L there. It's Markintel. Okay. If you're never sure how to pronounce something, overpronounce it. Sure. And make a little fist like BT mm. just did. Mm. And mm-hmm. written by Dana Gould. Perfect. He nailed it. (laughs) In this episode, Buck gets kidnapped by a gorilla. And also Marge is babysitting Rod and Todd and having them try daring new adventurous things like making paper plate masks. Hey, (laughs) y'all, what did we think? This was better. This is better. That was exactly my review. This is better. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had to stop after like 10 seconds because I wanted to write down all the things that were that were already kind of funny. Yay. Mm. Well, the intro was the same. My heart did a little like leap in my chest. I was Mm. like, oh, yay. This is good. Have you seen this episode before, Mara? Is this before or after your cutoff date? Do you know, I remember one joke from it, so I don't know if I saw the whole thing or just the beginning, when Homer says, he wants it more. I remember that. (laughs) Drawing the angry eyebrows on the rubber duck. Yes! That was very cute. (laughs) That was cute. Yeah, I had a good time with this one. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a couple of, like, things that let me down from it, but mostly Mm. I think this one's going to do pretty well in the integrity, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's hook into it. BT, for better Mm. or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Uh, I'm going to say when Rod and Todd are like, Daddy, what are we going to do today? And he just goes, same thing any boy wants to do. Look at bread. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that got me very hard. I think, uh, yeah, leads into one of the big strengths of this episode is investigating the life of the Flanders post-Maud dying and that mm. Ned has become so much more restrictive with what they do and lives in a lot more fear. Yeah, and I think they really do a good job of showing that when, uh, you know, whichever one it is, I can't tell the difference from Rod and Todd. <laughs> I can of- never tell them apart. <laughs> yeah. When one of them's climbing up the rock climbing wall, he's like, oh, Dad, look at me, and then he only gets scared when Ned's like, no, you're going to fall. And then, yeah, I yes. mean, and it's not overly stated either that Ned is super protected. He does say, they're all I have now, but he doesn't say, oh, ever since Maud died, I guess I've been a little too, you know, restrictive yeah. with them. It's all implied. And same with, you know, Rod or Todd, whichever it is, getting scared only when Ned, you know, tells him he should be afraid. It's like, no, no. So I like that it's actually, you know, got some subtlety to it. And that those were the moments of heart. Exactly. Mm. I couldn't agree more. It relies on the audience to connect those dots rather than just being overtly like, I am more overprotective now because my wife is dead and my children are all I have. That's Mm. why I'm extra protective, guys. It's not like that. Yeah. And well beyond the show and tell and tell and show again in the last (laughs) episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. They're keeping it simple. uh, How about you, Mara? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, it has to be for better. And it has to be that woman who says about the monkey, 
She probably misses her children. They're all in show business. <laughs> that was epic. I laughed so fucking hard. Sorry, can I swear? I oh. laughed so hard. Hell hunting, yes you can. <laughs> Yay. Flipping bitch crap. Tits. Aha. Now she wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the episode, but a close second would be when one of the Flanders children, I don't know which one is which either, when he says, this is the most fun we've had since mom died or something. And mm. I actually, I awed at that. Aww. Yeah. Oh, no, that bit with them praying as well and mm-hmm. just Marge getting all, oh, and then, <laughs> yes. And please tell Mrs. Simpson it's rude to eavesdrop on people's press. That, yes. That line oh. really got me. <laughs> <laughs> but we forgive her. Yeah. yeah. To follow that, it keeps it, in, it makes it a joke, but it keeps it in the hearts. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This ele- episode does an elegant tightrope in that way because mm. it could get too dark, like in both the areas of, yeah caged animals and you know a family who's had their mother and wife pass Mm. it could just be depressing but yeah i think this episode Mm. did the elegant balance of getting in jokes and stuff where it was needed and yeah back to your point about the vertigo thing you know little bits of animation wackiness in Mm -hmm. the perspective where it's needed and yeah yeah for an episode that where a a gorilla or a chip (laughs) kidnaps bart fairly grounded yeah, I didn't really like the Bart subplot until it got tied into the main plot, and then I was back on board. Um, till then, it was just a little too wacky, but hey, they kept a lot of consistency. An episode that remembers its past of, you know, what it said earlier. I like the church steeple came back around. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes, then, that's yeah. so true. And in terms of ape stories, this one was definitely better than the mm. one that we watched best. Yes. Yes. <laughs> infinitely better um to tie back to your topic of like the balance between like getting too dark Mm. there was a part in this episode where i was like oh they're gonna get really dark with this and thankfully they didn't Mm. when i kind of interpreted marge's behavior as trying to make the children more rambunctious to be like her children because they're too well behaved that she gets bored and doesn't have a purpose and so because Mm. she was making them more and more defiant i mean they said no to their dad i was like oh man like this is going to get really dark but they they reined it in a bit yeah well it's still believably rod and todd at the end Mm. of all things like Mm -hmm. yeah you're right it didn't go to the nth degree where yeah all of a sudden rod's shredding on a skateboard and uh (laughs) todd's being held totally gnarly you know yeah and todd's getting held back to do lines after school after sunday school or something but yeah yeah they never go full bart and it's still tying in with marge's wholesomeness as well that yeah rough and tumbles family fun center is about you know the peak of her idea of extreme activities (laughs) yeah Mm because it's still marge and no even super apologetic when Rod gets hurt. Now what? You've infected me. Now I'm starting to wonder who's who. Oh, as if you ever knew the difference. No, it's Todd. Todd's the small one. Okay, okay if you say so. <laughs> but how about the wackiness of this episode? You know, I've mentioned before about the church steeple. I thought that was an elegant way to do a not-too-on-the-nose King Kong parody. Yeah, it was good enough. Yeah. Other bits of wackiness, we have that mirror that's like, what would you look like in hell? And Burns mm. is reigning as king. Uh, man, I hated this. It's just like, yeah, easy cut from the episode for me. Uh, and Homer getting put through the old mill in the inner gear workings to that classic music that I don't wish I knew the name of. Powerhouse. Powerhouse. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, we all know it. Yep. The cartoon machine music. 
Yeah, yes. yeah. It's actually used in the episode And Maggie Makes Three when Homer's working at the bowling alley, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes. With the pins get knocked down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's used in that. And also in uh, one of my favorite bands, Rush, they quote that melody in their song La Via Strangiato, or An Exercise uh, in Self-Indulgence. You nice. big old nerd. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Another bit of wackiness that I loved from this episode, and it got an uproarious laugh from me, is mm-hmm. when they're in that fun time zone place and Kent Brockman yeah. comes on the TV show, <laughs> we interrupt the skateboard footage. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. No, to me, that was yeah a great... Acknowledging the whole convenient news broadcast that applies to this situation. Like, yeah, because of course those places just play things on a loop. They're not broadcast. Like, it's really good. (laughs) Exactly. Clearly some DVD or VHS. I don't know when this was broadcast, but. Yeah. Absolutely. Loved it. Well, we know it's DVD because Homer's watching his show and it's the DVD, insert DVD, bouncing around (sighs) the screen. Of course. May it reach the corner one day. May we all. May we all. The world might implode then. I don't know, Elliot. I don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> There's got to be a reason it never hits the corner. That's right. <laughs> That's where the fucking self-destruct button is. It had to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, big red button. Yeah. Don't push it, guys. Mm. <laughs> no matter how big or red it may be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm... Um, you know, there's not, like I said, it's a surprisingly grounded episode, so there's actually hmm. not, like, too much to talk about with the wackiness, except for well, what we did. Well, other than the Bart being kidnapped by an ape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, the Homer Mill thing was very wacky, but, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I was entertained throughout that whole thing. When that happened, I was like, no, there's more body horror, no! <laughs> Homer's head getting squished like that! Yeah. You know, guys, like, to cut away from Simpsons for just one second, I had a nightmare where yeah. someone's head was squished under a car tire. Ooh. So when I saw this, I was getting chills and sweats and stuff. <laughs> the dream is coming true. I know, it's too much. It's actually one of my weird, like, I don't know, irrational, but like reoccurring fears that, because, you know, I'm a bit of a klutz. I'm constantly tripping upstairs and sort of shit like that. And I just have this constant thought whenever I'm crossing a road that, this is going to be the day that I trip, fall over, and a car going oh. too fast is going to squash my head. Right across your noggin. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> anyway, so I'm cursed with that thought, and I hope I can curse uh, you guys and everyone else out there <laughs> listening to this podcast. The next yep. time I cross the street, I'll think of you with your head being squished. Yeah, you, you can't break the curse, but you can pass it on. You can pass it on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it happens, I'd just like to know in that moment, ha ha, told you, this time. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. Um, but how about the heart of this episode? How were the emotional beats and moments? Um, a quick little 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 bit of heart I want to throw to is when Marge is babysitting and Homer rocks up in like a high school jacket and pretends to be like the, the cool jock. I thought that was adorable. That was sweet. That's so cute. And even Flanders is kind of playing along with it. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Homer's sneaking some kisses from the missus. Springfield football rules. That was adorable. I really, it was so cute. I, I almost wish there was another scene, but... As it no. is, that was just no, no. nice. Always yes. be left wanting more. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and there's a bit where Marge says, oh, they didn't win the computer, and even though Homer tried to sabotage the duck race, and Marge has a nice line of, you tried, and that means everything. It's like, well, yeah, but that's oh. what you said it to Bart when he messed up, at the, when he choked at soccer. And he, he sucks at soccer. <laughs> he does. And how. I, I did yeah, horrible. that was surprising, actually, when Marge agreed with Homer on that. Look, yeah. your parents know what you suck at. <laughs> they might be like, oh, well done, sweetie. Well, you tried. That's the important thing. But they know, oh, this sucks. 
Speaking of that personal computer, did it come up again after that? It first... did not. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is what we like to call the "fuck you" intro, where the oh. introduction really doesn't mean a whole lot, and the whole but, focus of this computer. But again, it's fine because it launches effectively both plot lines. Yeah. But you're right. True. I mean, at least had the memory that the whole thing was the fundraiser for the steeple, which came up again later. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's weird that they would hang on the computer and make a deal of it. Where mm. it's not going to go into the plot. But you're right. You know, this isn't untraditional yeah. from the Simpsons. Well, the, the point was for, to show Ned's generosity and to have Marge say, "Oh, can I ever do anything for you?" And mm. that's that's what gets us going. So it's fine functionally. It's just yeah, weird because I was going through my notes. But, oh yeah, that never came back with the voice of Susan Sarandon, no less. Yeah, in her second Simpsons appearance. When was the other one? I forgot her first. <laughs> she was your computer? <laughs> At some point. <laughs> uh, she played a character. It's just escaping my mind at the moment, so... Oh, of course. She was the ballet teacher. Uh, oh, but... yeah. No God, way. she's so good as well. I love that character. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> but so many of your f- heroes wear tights, like Batman. <laughs> Use the ballet. You can either be a fairy or a queen. The choices are <laughs> wide open. Leap, leap like you've never leapt before. Uh, oh. yeah, such a good one-off character. Yeah. Oh. But the thing I really admire about the heart in this one is the the simple dialogue in which, yeah, Rod and Todd, like, just their desires are so basic that makes it so heartbreaking they're being deprived of this stuff. Mm. Yeah, when it's only Marge comes around that they, like realize oh things haven't been this fun since mum was gone and yeah like thank you for making things fun like that they were missing out on the basic uh fundamental of fun it's in the name. yes <laughs> when they said we're having real joy like not church joy like real <laughs> yeah. joy <laughs> which is a joke but also very sad mm-hmm. and yeah for ned i'm sure he's feeling the joy from that but yeah not listening to his kids and like yeah the whole thing about them needing him to be confident in them yeah. is it's powerful shit it's a big emotion and they handled it well yeah ultimately though did this feel like an episode of the simpsons are the characters behaving like themselves Indeedly. Yes. Although I would say one thing that I would have loved to have seen. When Bart and Lisa were jousting in the house, which was awesome because, as you said, (laughs) BT, we love a little, like, Bart-Lisa caper. That Mm -hmm. was so much fun. But when Lisa had, like, a bunch of stuff fall on her and say something like, that was awesome, I was expecting some kind of, like, reference to an OG, like, jouster from back in medieval times, like some really, like, bizarre reference quote to relate to her situation rather Mm. than just saying it was awesome. That felt out of character in terms of Lisa. Yeah, it's interesting when The Simpsons sort of pick and choose to decide whether Lisa's going to be a kid again. Mm. I thought this was sort of, like, mostly cute. There is times when, yeah, the parents are gone where Lisa, like, gets in on parts, uh, mischievousnesses. Like the living room Olympics. Ah, yes. that's right. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed that bit for that exact reason, that sometimes they goof off together and that's very nice. And yeah, the pure wackiness of like Bart landing into the TV and somehow makes it flip out the window, like <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> but look, in character integrity, I don't think there's a lot to say on it. Like besides that, I think all the characters are true to themselves and mm-hmm. I feel like it does the thing where it effectively builds on The Simpsons history with, yeah, more yeah. passing, with 
often said that it's a deep well that they don't draw on very often, surprisingly. Yeah. And the few times they have, they've not really drawn enough. I'm thinking specifically of uh, my Todd, Why Has Thou Forsaken Me? Yeah. Which was a potentially very heavy episode that they kind of gave up on halfway through. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, Mara, it's actually one that I recommend checking out because of it goes to a place where uh, they haven't gone before, where Todd is just so depressed about more dying and like he's hit a new milestone in that her face doesn't appear in his dreams oh god that's dark like mm. and he's worried that he's starting to forget yeah. her like oh. yeah there's some powerful shit yeah it goes immediately off the rails but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, for a while it's incredibly heavy and it's impressive that they even went there so yeah it's a complex heart well that they've just not really dipped too much in. okay okay i'll give it a shot yeah, and this one, they keep it very light, surprisingly, as well. Like, they don't go to that deep, dark place. But, yeah, they build on it so effectively that, yeah, the integrity is huge marks for me in this episode. But, turning back to you two, yes or no, would you watch it again? I think I would, I would. yeah. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, same. And Mara, episodes that we want to watch again gets a bonus question. What Simpsons playlist would you put this in? Ooh. You know, what are some other Simpsons episodes that like share thematical elements or are sort of similar in some ways? What do you reckon? What would pair nicely with this one? I think I would pair it with the episode where Bart and Lisa have to go into foster care oh, yeah. and they're at the Flanders house. Yeah. 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 Getting real heavy with the Flanders law here. Mm. Yep. And uh, keeping it in that sort of like babysitting child mining area uh, when Lisa is a babysitter and yeah, yeah. takes care of Rod and Todd. Ah, yes. Laura Powers. True. She babysits. Wow. The babysitting playlist. Very fruitful. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say anything with races because of a duck the duck race so oh, like when... there's another race there somewhere but... yeah like when bart builds that soapbox oh, yeah. derby yeah, you know anything yeah yeah the simpsons well... get a computer yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's that old one where homer becomes mr x and yep yeah and of course you know the chronicles of uh maud's passing as well i feel yep. yeah yeah this mm -hmm. praise land the episode where she dies that could be a fun afternoon <laughs> probably not of maud's death <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. What a good time. Let's sit around and watch the Maud's Dead playlist. Anyway. <laughs> BT, what would you like to change about this one? Uh, it just needs some things trimmed because I don't really think they're that good. Um, I'm specifically going to note the uh, Starsky and Hutch reference of Huggy Bear, who's in this retired actor's, uh, animal actor's shelter. And it's like, why are we doing this? But I'm not really a bear. Uh, so yeah. this was actually uh, Huggy Bear, one of the guest stars right. of this episode, Antonio Fargas. Well, there we go. I guess he just needed a paycheck. Um... <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> well, I've, it's just, I don't know why else this is there. It's not that good of a bit, and they dwell on it for a long time and get him to do his whole Starsky and Hutch of, well, you didn't hear it from me. Yeah, it's lame and unnecessary, I agree. Yeah, there's mm. not too many bits like that. I actually can't see. Oh, yeah, like we said, the Burns mirror could have been cut and lost nothing for that. But ultimately, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of trimming of that fat. It would have been a tighter episode. And maybe, just maybe, look at Bart maybe not getting kidnapped by a gorilla. <laughs> just because that was, I don't know, you have such a serious heart bit. And then I do appreciate the, the need for levity on the other side of that. But it was maybe just a little too wacky in general. But like I said, I did like it when the two plot lines converged. So what do I know? Mara, what do you reckon? What would you like to change about this one? I would like to change... You know that bit where Ned is making his backyard super safe mm. and he's singing his own lyrics to the yeah. tune Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah. 
I would like to change that to some kind of like church hymn rather yeah. than Welcome to the Jungle because rock and or roll, yeah. how would he know that song? Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's another later episode where Homer's like, what music do you like? I like ACDC. And Ned's like, I like ADBC. They do yeah, Christian yeah. covers. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, he'd know the Christian mm. cover band, so he wouldn't, yeah, you're right, Mara. Yeah. So uh, you, mean, you mean hugs and roses. Oh. <laughs> it's just parodying a parody, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to me, again, there's not much, too much I'd change. Uh, just again on Pointless Guest Stars, Randy Johnson, a famous baseball player who... Oh, yeah, you could have cut this bit as well. Yeah, I liked that he was selling left-handed bears called South Paws. That yeah. was pretty funny, but like the whole extended, you know, intimidation thing I thought was just boring. Mm. But yeah, just fun facts about Randy Johnson, because yeah, he's an impressive baseball player. I won't get too deep into it, but like his accomplishments are fascinating. Uh, he's one of the tallest players in the ever to play the league at six foot ten. And wow. His fastball pitch, uh, normally a standard professional baseballer will pitch a fastball at 80 to 95 kilometers an hour. Randy Johnson's fastest recorded was at 164. What? Holy shit. <laughs> Which is... Oh! That's a fastball. 44 kilometers over the fastest legal speed limit in Australia. <laughs> he can Jesus. throw faster than you can speed. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. is wild. And his name means horny penis. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. And in my guest stars section of my notes, I just noticed another pointless one. Dave Thomas, who's a, a character voice actor, did a lot of sketches with Rick Moranis back in the day. Uh, he also was on The Simpsons previously, playing a lot of, like, one-time guests, uh, including Rex Banner. No but way. yes, Dave Thomas was doing his Bob Hope impression at the end of this episode. All right. Another yeah. pointless bit, which I reckon you could have cut without any mm. controversy. Mm. But if they cut that last part, that would mean that they would end on a gay joke? And I don't know about that yeah. for you guys. I was so uncomfortable with that. It was so 90s, and this is like a, yeah, mid-2000s episode. It's, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mara, this was going to be my big change for the episode because I think they – it's so surprising. Like, for a pretty deep yet light episode, to end on this note was so disappointing. Yes. Um, and it Couldn't agree more. And it probably bumped it down a whole metal grade for me, like – to be mm. honest, like, yeah, it was dated, it wasn't funny, and yeah, you're right, very uncomfortable. I think that's everything I'd change, so that must move us on to the final notes time. Mara, do you have any final notes about this episode before we rank it? There was this part that I thought was super weird, I don't know if you guys noticed this. When they were crawling up the stairs... It was just the audio was on loop. Yes. yes. And it looped three times. Yeah. Oh, that's my It is one of my biggest down arrows for this episode. <laughs> it's such an unsettling noise as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was music in season 31, but there was music in this episode and it made me feel things. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. amazing that you point that out. It's been, yeah, one of our reoccurring common complaints that the new episodes are oddly quiet. Ah. And no, you're right. There was transitional music and there was hmm. incidental music. and There's a really good bit when Marge uh, removes the chocks from their seesaw and they, you know, are seesawing to Ode to Joy. Then yes. there's, there's a bit of a reprise in like a lullaby version when she's putting them to bed. 
Oh, oh. it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And there was a joke in here that I think would have served much better if it was in a much earlier season when they had the Flanders Simpson Dictionary. Yeah. That was funny, but they know each other way too well by now to need it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I will say the button of him just going, woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of got me for the, for the bit. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, I was like, uh, I roll at first. But then, yeah, by the end, I, was, I, I came around to it. Yeah. BT? Uh, church fundraiser does not count as going to church. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a lot of great sign right. gags and stuff in here. I like the tunnel of abstinence, which splits the swans <laughs> as it goes across the, the, the train track. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had Whack-A-Moses and the Holy yeah. Roller Coaster. Yeah. Um, no, so much better than the background jokes at the aquarium. The very first line of the episode was amazing. Why does God need so much money? <laughs> it's yeah, which, so dumb, but it's so clever. Yeah. All those elves to play and those planets to upkeep. Yeah. And that kind of bugs me that we actually see God at the end. It would have been funny if he said, now I've got to organize another fundraiser. Yeah. Yes. That <laughs> would have been like amazing. That would have made the, the heaven bit worthwhile. Marge, when she's making the mask, the paper plate mask, and says, I'm a Star Wars. Like, God, that yeah. was precious. That's, that's vintage Marge. Yes. And then uh, I think it's Todd's one where he's like, I'm a permission slip. Yeah. <laughs> In his <laughs> And Marge right. just looks so proud of him. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's terrible, but I appreciate the wordplay of, uh, call me Ned Zeppelin. Are you, my boys are grazed and contused. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's really forcing that in there. Again, what is Ned? I guess he was a Beatles fan, so maybe he's a bit of a classic rock fan as well. Oh, yeah, that's um, that's a good point. Yeah. When was he a Beatles fan? In a reasonably good episode, I think. No. I the beginning, no, that's, <laughs> be, that's right. Isn't, the beginning with the Beatles stuff is kind of interesting. And then the, the Beatles stuff is all garbage. great. It doesn't make sense, but it's all funny. But then, yeah, it goes into a pretty racist episode. Oh, okay. oh Jesus. I literally cannot remember what happens after the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there was that sad day when Maud found eternal happiness. <laughs> yeah, like that. that was yeah. great. And I, I kind of like Homer being stuck in sarcasm mode. Like it's, it's been done, but I kind of like it. It's. Eh. I don't know, BT. That was yeah. my least favorite part that's, of this episode. That's why I'm putting mm. that tone on that. It's like I yeah. don't. Hate, I like it in concept. I think. I, I think I like the delivery. I don't like the concept, but. The voice mm. acting on it, it sells it, even though I don't like the bit. Yeah, I do prefer the way he says it to what he says. Mm. When he's like, I think I might have brain damage. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, we've yeah. gone man. too far. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It could be a good bit, but yeah, it needed desperately to have the fat trimmed. So can someone explain this joke? Why did the duck at the animal actor retirement home just go Affleck? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to Google the words Affleck duck. Well, let you know what happens. <laughs> and it's just that clip from The Simpsons and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I like this joke for, uh, kind of for dark reasons is that, yeah, they had Babe there who's, yeah, all gross and old and shit. And yeah. it's kind of funny because it was something quite horrible that after Babe hit it big, a lot of people wanted teacup pigs. The problem oh. is they don't actually exist. And oh. piglets are always quite cute and small and tiny when they're piglets, but... Then they grow yeah. up. Mm -hmm. uh, I got an answer. Oh. It's nothing to do with Ben Affleck, as I originally thought. Uh, the Affleck duck has been the official mascot of the American insurance company Affleck since 1999. Oh, uh, oh okay. there you have it. Uh, I'm sure that's funny to people who know that. <laughs> <insurance>. <laughs> I'm sure they were laughing in the aisles. Um, <laughs> 
Um, Bart calls them Nimrod and Nimtod. I quite like that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another example of the first episode we watched today, ripping off from the history. They said, yeah, the gorilla is named Toot Toot and she played Tum Tum. It's the mm-hmm. fucking, it's almost the same joke as the Popo thing. Yep. Yep. And the, Bart has uh, since been kidnapped by the gorilla, has improved hygiene and posture. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the ending as well has a weird Tom mm-hmm. Green diss. It's again, it's I mean, it's timeless, but it's, it's kind punching of punching down. Yeah, you know, he's he's he, had he, his day. It's over. He broke up with Drew Barrymore. He has one testicle. Like <laughs> life has really given it to Tom Green. He's up Simpsons. Fair enough. Yeah, and it all just ties into this bit of a stinker of an ending, which will factor into my decision of ranking this thing. Mm. But first, BT, what are you ranking Bart Has Two Mummies? Uh, I'm right on that Brilva border because I I don't like some parts, but I like enough of it enough. And then I do appreciate they do quite land the heart for it. I might have to do the classic say them both out loud and see which one feels true. I'll give that a try. I give this one a bronze. I give this episode a silver. Nope, didn't help. Um, <laughs> I'm chambered if you want. Yeah, launch. Go for it. I'm giving this one a silver, and this might be one where, having done so many episodes of this and mm-hmm. like really having a good idea of what these rankings mean, especially in relation to where they are in the series, season 17 fucking sucks. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, if not the lowest, but among the lowest ranked of the teens era. But oh, wow. This one doesn't feel like that at all it's got good memory it's got a great arc it investigates a pretty original premise for the show as well that's something we really don't get into yeah it is the worst ranked of our teen seasons yeah i've just confirmed there we go (laughs) and yeah at a time where yeah we're harping on about how unoriginal Mm -hmm. some of their ideas is like this is pretty original and I'm honestly stunned that they were capable <laughs> of this at this time. Yeah. Having said that, the ending sucks. We've mentioned, yeah, some of the jokes that didn't work or dated horribly or any of that, mm-hmm. which ultimately do bump it down because there was a point where I was like, this is a gold. But then, yeah, that ending happened and I was like, okay, that's not a gold, but still a nice solid silver. How about you, Mara? What do you reckon? Yeah, you know, BT, it didn't help for you, but you saying aloud the bronze and the silver actually helped me a lot. So thanks for that. (laughs) Where'd you Um, land? (laughs) um, I also rated a silver. Um, Like almost all of the jokes landed, almost all of the characterization was on point. The stories not only made sense, but they connected. It gave a satisfying conclusion with the asterisk of the gay joke and the cloud scene that was not really related to anything else that happened. Yeah. But the heart, as well, um, oh, final note, when Maud in the Sky was like, my boy's growing up, hmm. that almost got a tear out of me. Oh, wow. Almost, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a shame they undercut it with the whole fucking Bob Hope perving on Dolly Parton thing. It's just, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. BT, did that help? Um, yeah, sort of. Um, I think I'm going to, I am going to settle with a silver simply because it does land that heart moment. And if you get that right, then that's really what you need to do. I'll, I'll have feelings. I'll remember things like we interrupt this skateboarding footage to bring you the news. Uh, that, that joke really hit me very hard. So yeah, there are a few jokes I actually got a proper laugh out loud and they landed a heart. Yeah. All right. Well, unanimous silver. This will be the highest rated episode from season 17. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tied oh. <laughs> with the seemingly never-ending story. That's the one where they do... Uh, Lisa's telling a story within a story about Burns within a story within a story. I haven't seen that one, so I guess we'll eventually catch up on our exclusive Patreon podcast, except when he's not. Sign up now. And, uh... Silky, smooth segue there. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. Uh, back to you. <laughs> and I drive it onto Gravelly Road by acknowledging it. <laughs> yep. <sighs> uh, yeah, two great episodes, sharing first place, or they're both number two now. They're yeah, <laughs> and they're holding hands and dancing around each other, shouting, <laughs> "We're both second! It's it's going to be great." Exactly. See, even in the worst seasons, there's some uh, glimmering moments, and this being one of them. All right. Well, you found it. It's time that we move over to the classic era, right at the tail end of the classic era, where we're going to be watching Girly Edition. We will be back. And we are back. So put down those entertaining Mattel products and join us as we review Season 9, Episode 21, Girly Edition. First released in April of 1998, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Larry Doyle. In this episode, this is a one where Lisa and Bart get their own news program and Homer gets a helper monkey. Hey all, what did we think? I did not want that to end. That was brilliant from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the gems of season nine for me. Yeah, it's maybe not like a full laugh out louder all the way through, but it is entertaining. It is well built and well, it's like smooth, like some kind of quick mm. object I can't think of right now. Some kind of podcast spirit, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> smooth nah. as this Bolter IPA. <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored, but it could be Bolter. <laughs> I mean, I'll turn this podcast into the beer and Mars bar quick energy Choco Bot Hour. <laughs> Choco beer. Mm. <laughs> and can our nicknames be something like Nougat and Caramel? <laughs> I mean, Nougat is my stripper name. So <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's already there. We're already halfway there. Perfection. Anyway, yeah, so a lot of people, you know, because on our podcast, we define the classic era as seasons one to nine, mm -hmm. and a lot of people sort of debate nine's inclusion. Yeah, but a lot of people can suck it. A lot of people can suck it, um, but I think this episode, and for how memorable it is and how much, mm. you know, it's been quoted... In Simpsons fandom, I think, yeah, this is absolutely a case for season nine being included. I had such a fun time with this one tonight. Yeah, me too. So let's get into it. BT, we'll start with you this time, for better or worse. What's a moment that stands out to you? They call her the crazy cat lady. Can anyone <laughs> who loves cats this much really be crazy? God damn, I love every second. <laughs> Just her coming out and throwing them at Lisa, and then the old Union Pacific doesn't come by here anymore. The length of time of that train going by is perfect. And then to follow it up with a button of the cat lady throwing cats at her again. Yeah. Oh, God. Even though I knew this bit backwards, I was still laughing. Me yeah. too. And did you all know that this is the first appearance of old Eleanor Abernathy, aka the crazy cat lady? I no did way. indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of these things like old Gil. These are characters that are introduced in season nine, yet are still like in the lexicon and yeah, people like consider yeah. them memorable classic characters, but yeah. Wait, old Gil comes in in season nine? Yeah, yeah. Maybe eight? But I'm pretty sure it's not early. That's a shame. Wow. Oh, and also this is the introduction of Lindsay Nagel, although she's not named right. and doesn't have her right hair colour yet. Uh -huh. we'll get there. Editing by Elliot J. Here to say, 
All the other ones I got right. I didn't get Lindsay Nagel right though. She was introduced in Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. All right, back to the show. You know, I love yeah. that woman's voice. Yeah, when you need yeah. a corporate type, you get Lindsay Nagel. Yes. Yeah, Tress McNeil, again, one of my absolute favorite voice actors. She's also, yeah, a big player in Futurama as mm-hmm. well and does a lot of Warner Brothers cast. I'm pretty sure she's the voice of Dot from the Animaniacs. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, getting so off track here. Uh, Mara, <laughs> what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? I'm going to go a little bit meta with this one. Um, what stands ooh. out for me this episode is that all of the episodes so far have been monkey related. Hey! And I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know if that was part of this thing. I was like, oh, they all have monkeys uh, in them. Elliot was like, I've created a theme and I want to see if she'll notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very devious of me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it came about quite naturally because like in the early days of the podcast when we had a lot of episodes to choose from, it was a lot easier to make these playlists. Mm. This one was, yeah, just a matter of coincidence. I noticed, yeah, the classic and the teens there. Oh, they've got monkeys in them. I wonder if I can find a... Yes, yep. I found a HD era one that did have monkeys in them. And you also nearly had a duck playlist. Oh, what? true. Yeah, we were two for three on ducks. Ah, oh, so close. So close. Homer's delivery of that whole thing. Can I get a duck? Can he Can get he a get duck? A duck? <laughs> Lives in my head forever, oh, yeah. rent free. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, totally forgiven. I love that. Just the delivery is so ah. Uh, so adorable so and precious. pathetic. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really want to give that monkey a duck now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, even that, I don't think I ever noticed that, you know, he's like, some say the ducks went to Canada, others Toronto. And I never kind of realized it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also the button of, some say he used to go to that bench over there. <laughs> Within eye shot and it's still... And yeah. then Mr. Burns like, Smithers, is there any chance my plant killed those ducks? There's no maybe about it, sir. <laughs> yes! Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, fucking amazing. So, God, what stands out to me from this episode, for better or worse? Yeah, gotta say, the whole Mojo subplot is, mm-hmm. yeah, one that I think a lot of Simpsons fans, yeah, quite, uh, have quoted yep. a lot and point to this as, yeah. It's a yep, standout, for sure. Yeah. Just Homer just absolutely destroying this poor monkey. <laughs> When he like just like Shane drops the monkey back mm. almost at the adoption like <laughs> orphanage like scenario and just running away, ringing the doorbell, pissing off, loved it. And of course, yeah, the immortal line, "Pray for Mojo." Yes. That's mm. <laughs> one of yeah these adorable horrible things that yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to eat that monkey. Yep. <laughs> It's going to be a life-changing event for him, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they say once you eat a monkey, your life gets funky. So... Do they say that? Well, it rhymes, it must be true. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, just like how like, Homer is yeah, using the monkey for yeah his laziness, but also the little schemes. I love the little donut heist as well. Yeah. Yes. And that they starts introducing Mo- Mojo like doing stuff for himself and not mm-hmm. being helpful at all. And I love when Mojo's up on the power lines and then he gives him that pity donut. Homer's like, I don't need your pity donut. But then as he's eating it, he's crying his eyes out. That is beautiful. (laughs) And again, just comedic choices. Like, okay, what's the funniest donut he could throw down to Homer? Okay, it has a bite out of it and it's also plain. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) It looks like he's got all kinds of frosted chocolate and strawberry ones. But yeah, (laughs) gives him a bitten plain one. (laughs) And he eats it willingly. (laughs) <laughs> is how desperate he is. <laughs> so, good. 
Yeah, speaking of all things monkey-related, how was the wackiness in this episode? Was this a wacky episode of The Simpsons? Monkey. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes without saying. Why is it wearing a diaper? I thought it was housebroken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. How about danger creamed corn? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to have to eat my way out is one of yeah. the best lines in the show. Again, a really good thing of, yeah, Simpsons setting up something early in the episode giving yes. you enough time to forget about it and then yeah. it comes back in the ending in such a good meaningful way yeah mm-hmm. yeah the same thing struck me as well i have seen this episode before but i forgot that it was willie living in the junkyard and so yep. i got this beautiful surprise when he came out and i was like this was set up in the first scene mm-hmm. amazing and yeah we get yeah brief moment of villain willie in this episode yeah. and um no that's all great like yeah the current corn truck just still gets me like <laughs> Yeah, put this in the playlist of like, what the fuck are they feeding these kids? You know, the very little meat in these gym mats. Meat in these gym mats. (laughs) Also in Wacky Foods is the gum with the cracker center. Yes. Yes. What is it with gum? In another episode, it's um, gum and nuts together at last. Yep. (laughs) And then it's in Futurama, it's, uh, what is it, pork gum with bones? Yeah, yeah, the ham gum. (laughs) That sounds awful. You've got the fresh breath of a summer ham. <laughs> ah, but this isn't the Futurama Index. No, no what so, is this? Fucking... I guess kind of wacky and kind of wacky that we haven't hit on it at all, really, is, yeah, the kids get a fucking news show. Like, Yeah. You never did? Oh. <laughs> you, I, I, sometimes I forget you grew up poor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to go to a prestigious high school like Pennant Hills HS. <laughs> I had to slum it out in Castle Hill HS. Which was like... 20 minutes away. <laughs> I don't know who's winning this argument. <laughs> that, that's the joke. People from Castle Hill drive like this. <laughs> Whereas people from Pennant Hills drive like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, like, I really like how this story grows. Like, yeah, it does just feel very natural the way it progresses. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. Lisa, the brains of the school is going to get the job offer yeah but then yeah how it becomes bart and then how mm. it moves like i really like enjoy all that stuff and of, of course she's boring she's just talking about three percent reduction into the library budget mm. and the irony the irony of that is that when she starts off with this thing she's like we're not going to have adults telling us how to do it but she's doing it exactly how the adults do it and then she yeah. still gets booted off the anchor position <laughs> well the mattel and mars bar choco bite our power oh, you're right. really needed its own show such a good turnaround as well <laughs> the new and improved kids news has been cancelled like, <laughs> <laughs> why mention it yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think there's something really organic like yeah it's a far-fetched situation mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like it's really character driven and really organic in the way it comes about i yeah quite enjoyed this yeah, I really like Lisa's line of, uh, this may be my only chance as a second grader to produce my own TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, later on when Bart wins an Oscar, you know. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a far out situation, but we believe We it. really get wackier from here. Mm-hmm. But leading into the heart of the episode, how, you know, we've got a little bit of a Bart-Lisa rivalry conflicty episode going on here. How do you think they landed the heart? I mean, they care about each other. I didn't write down yeah. any notes of heart, but it is there. You know. Yeah, yeah, they definitely care about each other. But it's also, yeah, as you say, there's this perfect balance of rivalry and mm-hmm. care. Lisa wanted to take back the, I guess, the platform that she had to get validation and attention from Bart and then realized, oh, shit, maybe it wasn't worth it because I've actually really put my brother in danger. 
So that's hot for me, for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and she and didn't even get to take the chopper over there. She must have been pedaling fast. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also that they do a good job of Simpsons undermining that heart when they're like, you know, I really have respect for that integrity thing you do. Well, with your showmanship, there's no stopping us. And yeah. then cancelled. And then they get cancelled. <laughs> there's this line earlier in the show that I think speaks to heart when Marge runs outside the house and Bart's like, Mom, am I dumb? And she's like... Honey, I would love to reassure you right now, but mommy needs a tetanus shot. <laughs> it's great because she recognizes obviously mm. she's got to reassure him because obviously yeah. he's dumb, but she just doesn't yeah. have time for it. She just drank monkey OJ. She's on the yep. clock. Yep. And he sucks at soccer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of monkey OJ, this I had never noticed before, and I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Could yeah. you weigh in on this? When Homer says... This filthy monkey made that OJ that you're drinking. It kind of mm. looks like he's pointing at himself instead of Mojo. Oh, all oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mojo is on his shoulder at that point. I know. Uh, I know. It, mm. It's like it's not to the same degree as that like fandom argument of whether or not Homer has seen someone throw loafers before Hank Scorpio. Ah, uh, yes. But it's in a similar kind of realm, I think. No, definitely. Yeah, he could. I mean, he doesn't like to acknowledge himself as a monkey, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe ever since Lisa called him a baboon, he's been like, you know what? I just got to accept it. But I'll yeah. lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I just really. There's the heart right there. Homer and Mojo's relationship. Like, it's mutually <laughs> yeah. assured destruction, but <laughs> they clearly have fun together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Despite the fact that the poor monkey's cholesterol is through the roof. Oh, yes, wow. but he would have been better off with Homer than with his father, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I think if we learned anything, honestly, if Mojo had shared those donuts, he wouldn't have had the high cholesterol and weight gain we eventually see. Uh-huh. The moral of the story he can still is do his happy dance. Moral of the story is share your donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, though, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Is this the show we know and love? Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Mm. 100%. I would not change a thing. I mean, I'm not jumping ahead right now about what would you change about this episode, but I wouldn't change a thing. This was peak vintage classic Simpsons. Well, seeing as though we've uh, jumped ahead, BT, is there anything you'd like to change? Um, let me review my notes real quick here. No, not that it springs <laughs> to mind. I may blurt things out later, as is my want. We mm-hmm. could have just gotten more of the Mattel and Mars Bar Chocobot Hour. Um, <laughs> barely legal as it is. That's why I like it. Yeah, it's hard for me to point to anything immediately because even like the wacky cartoony shit, I feel like it's totally in context of the episode and it's all fun and like, you know, it's not the most relentless of Simpsons. That, like mm-hmm. sometimes we go, oh my God, I can't believe how good that was. Yeah. I can believe how good this is. Mm-hmm. I just had a great time with it. And similarly, I'm just lacking notes of things to change because it's all fairly solid. It's got a good arc. The B story of Homer and the monkey is doing what a good B story does, doesn't Mm -hmm. intersect with the main story, but it does at moments. Like, I like that he, yeah, just doesn't tell any members of the family that he's got it. And yeah, you realize that when Lisa's doing her maniacal laugh and the monkey starts doing behind, oh, she's not aware that this is a pet (laughs) in the house. Like, (laughs) oh. I will say there's maybe not a lot of jokes up front. But it's still got a very good, and it's still entertaining. It's still got a good pace to it. Well, uh, one of the things that does stand out to me in this episode is that it is a very sly commentary on, yeah, not only kids' entertainment, but also the news in general, how... Mm-hmm. 
It's got to have Zaz, Zing, Zorp, Kapowza, whatever you want to call it. It's Mazuma in the bag. Mazuma. I knew it was a Moolah. Thank you very much. Zork? What's Zork? I didn't say Zork. And then later on when Lisa's like, that's not the brightest penny in the fountain in English, Lisa. She had another great metaphor in this. I'm going to fill them so much with sap that they're going to need a pancake to blow their nose. Yeah. Yeah, no matter how many times I've heard that line, seen this episode, I still don't get it. Uh, maple syrup is made from the sap of maple trees. Ah, thank you, BT. Mm. I can mm. sleep easy tonight. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm just hungry for pancakes now. Good yeah, yeah, same. Too. <laughs> and the right, duck. Uh, let's go eat pancakes and maybe duck. I know, I wish I could join you guys. It's a short one and a half hour flight, I think. Yeah, yeah, just take the chopper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the Simpsons Index chopper. <laughs> Which we can afford. Thank you to your Patreon donation. It's finally paying <laughs> off. <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing it out of order. Okay, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yes. 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 What episodes would you pair it with? Ducks. What would make a good Simpsons playlist? Ducks. Mentions ducks. and images of ducks. Yep, like when the duck takes the police chief Wiggins badge. Oh, yes! Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the classic, uh, you ducks are really trying my patience, but you're so cute. Oh, I love that! <laughs> yes. Anything yeah. with Crazy Cat Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Anything the Crazy with Cat her. Lady yeah. playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did we mention? Yeah, Lindsay Nagel playlist as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, think that actually brings us to the close here. Mara, do you have any more notes about this episode before we rank it? Maybe go to BT first. I wrote so many notes, but I don't know which ones to share. <laughs> Let's go to BT first. I'm just going to use all of them. All uh, of them? Yeah. Um, it starts with an Itchy and Scratchy episode in which uh, we find out that cats are made of glass. That was yep. one of my notes. And, uh, don't trust mice. Also that Itchy does not follow proper OH&S procedures and has <laughs> no respect for workers' rights. So that little mouse can fuck off forever. Um, Jesus. Well, I'm sorry, but it's a very serious topic, Elliot. We've had a lot of fun here today. <laughs> you have rights as, an, as a worker. And I also like when Bart's like, Mom, Lisa, let your brother be, have a segment on the show. But Mom, that Mom yes. stuff doesn't work on me. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I thought that was great. And yeah, the very small thing later on of Marge going, Lisa, you've still got an important role on Bart's show. Like, mm-hmm. even she doesn't realize how organically it's shifted to him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the helper animal place has a sign that says, as felt in Braille monthly. Yes. It's uh, brilliant. Me. I love that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bart just reading the newspaper and it's like, the Supreme Court reversed. Uh, okay, fine. Just the comics. Just Archie. Hey, Jughead, you hear the Supreme Court reversed. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Excellent misdirector, yeah. The whole bit with Kent Brockman, and he's got the Golden Quaff Awards, mm. and the carousel, you know, him going around and around and not paying attention to the colour of his horse. Ah, that was going to be my Jordan's anal corner. Uh, no, that's intentional, because, you know, every black horse on those things were always were called Blackie, and he's just reciting the standard thing you call things. But it's pale blue. Yeah, it's not the, it's the show, it's just a script that he's following. Fair enough. Also, you know. a detail that I don't think I've noticed before, he said the carousel's only been around for six years. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a shame, this wonderful thing is gone. Uh, Marge's line of, uh, you're giving back to the community after taking so, so, so yes. much. Yeah. Willie throws an entire engine block, just in wackiness. <laughs> How goddamn strong is Willie? <laughs> well. Quite. <laughs> 
strong. <laughs> Whips yeah. like he ripped his shirt off earlier in uh, the episode we watched before, That's a and shirt. also. <laughs> I mean, but yes, demonstrating his ripped physique. Yes, True, but. God damn, I don't know how heavy an engine block is, but in garages they need an entire like hoist system to get it out of the car. And <laughs> Willie's just like lugging it at, at a On a broken rolls. leg, mind you. Yeah. Like it ain't no thing. Uh, and yeah, Willie, when he's like, oh, Bart, come out. We, It's a jolly policeman. We caught Willie. Oh, thank you, <laughs> officer. Yeah. Uh, got me. I mean, you should recognize his voice, right? You'd think. <laughs> you would think. You would think. But no, and that is all my notes. Uh, Mara, back to you. You've said many of my notes. Thank you for that. Um, Like I said, I just said I was going to read them all. All the notes. A thing that I loved about that as felt on Braille weekly sign is that like blind people wouldn't be able to see the store. So they wouldn't be like the store name. So they wouldn't be able to know that it's like been spruiked from this magazine. (laughs) (laughs) So so the reference to Braille weekly is redundant. Um, Love all those like extra layers of signage gags. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is the one thing that's never dipped over the years. The sign writing gags in The Simpsons have pretty much always been consistent. Excellent. Mm. Love that. There's something so wholesome about seeing Bart on a skateboard that I just love so much. That whole beginning part where he was doing his tricks, like going up the slide Mm. and that. Loved it. Uh, I do have another Jordan's anal corner for this. Do you want to shout it or you just want to casually Do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) There we go. Like, a lot of this playground equipment is on concrete. <laughs> like, the, the swings and the like the roundabout turdy thing and the yeah. slippery dip, all on concrete. I get it, it needs to be that way for Bart's skateboard joke to work. And maybe it's like that soft shit that you get in kids' playgrounds. I don't know what you call it. But it's like oh, spongy yeah, like that floor. squishy cement. Spongy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how well a skateboard would travel on that. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's my dip into the anal corner. How you make kids tough. <laughs> they should build more playgrounds on concrete. Yeah, when did this country get so soft? <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see that in real life. Mm. <laughs> should not have done that voice while I'm recovering from COVID. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Quick, drink your IPA and it'll fix yeah. everything. Yep. Medicine. Mm-hmm. Any more notes? The, that twist at the end. He's your son! Willie. What? <laughs> Gets me every time. Classic what? What? Yeah. I love it. But yeah, and then she turns it around with the smaltzy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. especially when Lisa had tried to do the smaltzy stuff earlier and failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how, yeah, it brings it around full circle like this. Yeah. And yeah, you guys have covered it all. Like, I don't have many other notes. Uh, I do like that the Kearney Largo fight was ended in disqualification from <laughs> use of dog do on a stick. Yep. But they don't say who was disqualified. Ah, true. Mm, yeah. <laughs> who did the lowest of low blows? Yeah, it's a good question. All right, well, that must mean it's time to rank this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. hold your horses, Elliot. There is some important business we've got to take care of first. Okay. BT, the question. Yes, so, Mara, we like to ask our first-time guests the most important question of their lives. Okay. If you could have a sandwich named after you, (gasps) what would be on that sandwich? If I walk into a a sandwich shop and I order the Mara, Mm-hmm. What am I getting? What mm-hmm. am I getting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I can see there's been like a sharp hook turn into mm. uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I appreciate. There's a, there's an episode on that where there are sandwiches. One of them's named the Larry David. He gets very upset because it's a terrible sandwich filled with all mm. sorts of fish. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> on the Mara Blackledge would be cheese, but lactose-free cheese, so then I can actually eat it. Yep. There would be like pickle spread. Not mm-hmm. actual pickles, but like pickle relish. Yeah. Mm. And then there would be some like really hot 
like slices of chorizo. And then it would be toasted. And that would be all. Oh, wow. Okay. Keeping it simple, but I like it. That's it. I think that's a first for all those ingredients on the sandwich in there. (laughs) I actually just checked. This will be our 70th sandwich that we've entered into. 70. Amazing. Why do do we ever go from 69? Remove mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm aware of the number for once, because, yeah, I I did the math last night from our last recent guest. And so, yay, we're up to 69. I'm going to do a post about it. on. Now we have to get all the way to 420. God damn. <laughs> so many Good people. thing the Simpsons are renewed to season 420, so mm-hmm, that works mm-hmm. for us. <laughs> All right, it is time to rank this thing. Mara, do you know where you're going to rank this one? Yes, this one is a gold for me. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's a favorite of mine. I loved both stories. I loved all the jokes. I had so much fun. I laughed many times. Mm-hmm. So that's gold for me. Yeah, I'm going gold as well. I don't know if it was close to getting cubic zirconia for me. Uh, I think it comes back to what I said before, that mm. I can believe how good this one is. You know, the cubic zirconias, the perfect ranking, those are episodes that, you know, jaw's on the floor, you know. Mm-hmm. My jaw has got a nice, you know, smile happening and on it, but it's not <laughs> yeah. that cubic, happy and astounded. But yeah, comfortable goal for me, BT. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's believably good. Um, yeah, on, on the beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe silverish. And then by the end, I was like, no, no, this is going to rest nicely in a gold. Uh, and if you're going to do one thing right, you got to stick the landing. And I think this absolutely does that. And yeah, uh, it's, it's a great fun. It's a big nostalgia hug, which always skews the ranking a little bit. But it's, it's just a tight, entertaining half hour, uh, 23 minutes of television. Absolutely. All right. And a unanimous gold. That will be the fifth unanimous gold, gold from season nine. Huh? I'm just saying we're giving it the gold finger because oh, yes, yes, when yes. they all get fails, we give it the index finger. And, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> now it has the gold finger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what he said. Exactly. <laughs> Makes uh, sense, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so unanimous gold, fifth unanimous gold from season nine. It'll be joining Bart Starr when he starts playing football. Dumbbell Indemnity when Mo starts dating uh, Helen Hunt's... I forgot the character's name. King of the Hill, not a King of the Hill episode, it's about when Homer climbs the murder horn, and oh, Lost yeah. Our Lisa, which is when Lisa gets lost in the bus and the oh, ISIS yeah. orb thing. How many wonderful episodes? Who says mm. season nine isn't classic? The four. Yeah, that's like equal third as well. So, like, mm. there's even better episodes than that. So, yeah, go your good thing, season nine. Yeah. All right, Mara, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Elliot BT. It's been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have anything to plug or? I was not prepared for this question. I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I do, I do, I do. Listen yeah. to Working Class Wizards. Hey. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, we, yeah, we loved having you in the session for recording, lad. Mm-hmm. I Thank can't you. wait to show the world uh, your work on Smart Mace, which was yes. yeah, just an intensely funny session. Yes, couldn't agree more. It was so good. Mm. So funny. Uh, Knocked it out of the park. Really happy to have you on the podcast today. Hope we can get you back again soon. I hope so too. Thanks, guys. But yeah, BT, what about if people want to give us money and stuff? Well, if they want to give us money and stuff, they can head to patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. That's that's our blanket for everything we are doing, and that includes exclusive podcasts you can only get by becoming a patron. But if you're not in the mood to be giving, and that's fair, you can find us on pretty much any other podcatcher. You can check out our other shows, Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones backwards, 
And of course, Pulp Fury Radio. This is our scripted podcast, which uh, tells a variety of stories across a range of pulp genres, and where you can catch a sneak, well, not even really a sneaky peek, the kind of pilot for Working Class Wizards that has episodes one and two uh, right there for you right freaking now. Yeah, Working Class Wizards, we're spinning it off into its own thing later mm-hmm. in the year, so stay tuned. We don't have anything to announce yet about its release, but the recording's pretty well done. And we're yeah, it in will the take time. depths of the editing holes right now. So Yeah, we get a lot of takes, so editing is tough. But they're all good takes, so editing is tough. Yeah, good problem to have. But yeah, once again, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. All the donations have been going into supporting yep. the release of Working Class Wizard Season 1, which is, yeah, even at this stage, shaping up to be, yeah, really good time. We mm. had an absolute blast making it. All right, yeah, I think that about uh, does all the business, and that is the end of the podcast. Once again, Mara, thank you very much. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, BT. Pray for Mojo. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Uh, so yes, everyone's recording. Yes. yes. BT? Yes. 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 Alright, it's time for the sinking game. Here comes the first number one. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Wonderful. Yay, everyone's a winner. <laughs> we all came second. Winner. <laughs> <laughs>